we are excited to be back here in the studio and we have no one with us as a guest today. <laughs> that is the surprise guest. We decided that the best thing today was to have nobody here with us because we realized as we have moved forward with Leadership Junkies, we're, we just wrapped up a season, a pretty long season, 180 plus episodes, so many guests. We've decided to pause for the moment and see what comes up for Leadership Junkies in the future. And we were thinking, so how do we end the season after 180 plus episodes? And we said, maybe we can take a risk and actually let all of you hear from us. <laughs> talk about what this experience has been like, what we've learned, because I know Craig and I both learned so much oh, yes. from this journey, the relationship we built. So this is kind of a, the two podcasters, the Leadership Junkies hanging out, talking about what the last two years, almost two years has been like having these conversations about leadership. Yeah, I gotta say this, this has been quite a ride. Jeff and I have been friends for many years and deciding to do this together was something that we thought would be just a lot of fun, but we didn't probably realize how much of an impact it would have on us personally through the, the education and the conversations we've had with other people. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to sort of go back to the beginning. When we started talking about this, I, for me, it was driven by, I've always loved conversations about business and leadership and entrepreneurship. And when we originally put the idea together, we said, what's our theme? Well, obviously it's leadership, but in many ways there wasn't a theme. We had some loose categories. <laughs> you might not be able to know this, but if you, you sort of listen to the episodes, there were really basically four categories we worked with. We had people talking about personal leadership. We had people talking about sort of team leadership and culture building. We had people talking about organizational leadership and institutional things like core values and strategic plans. And then we had a category on growth, which is about sales and marketing and all sorts of elements of that. But boy, I mean, even with those categories, the topics certainly ran the gamut. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of what are sort of the far extremes well, for us. I mean, we had we had weight loss and ultra running, right? Michele Grally, I was talking about ultra running and his 100 mile plus treks. Then we had, you know, other side, we had the sales, people talking about vulnerability as the shortcut to trust. Well, just recently, we had one of our most recent guests was Shahan Shayan, who is one of the number one, he's an Amazon guru, yeah. how to do business on Amazon. Created a billion dollar business before he was 25. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've had big business, we've had small business, we've had team members, we've had positional leaders, we've had non-positional leaders. Yeah. You know, if you look at how we, your word, Craig, is curated guests, yeah. it was all about looking for people who we figured we could have an interesting conversation with. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I, I'm really proud about is we were intentional when we went into this to have diversity. And so we looked at, we actually tracked our diversity and we just looked at it 
51-49 split on gender. You know, and we had people from multiple races. We had people from multiple countries. We only had, we had 25% of our, our guests were from outside of the United States. We really tried to have diversity of discussion as well as the, the people that were on. Yeah, I, I'm as proud of that as well, because you, got, you said the word intentionality, Craig. Mm -hmm. And a lesson I learned for all of you to know, we made that decision to be intentionally diverse in the beginning. And we mm -hmm. knew we'd have diversity of thought. We knew that. We knew that would come from a, with a curious mindset. But we really wanted to look at some traditional diversity. And we were looking at gender diversity. And we were looking at non-white guests. And we ended up with 25% of our guests were non-white. We had a great representation from the LBGTQ plus community, which is not something we would necessarily even be able to discern until we were on the episode. Right. Yeah. You know, but what's fascinating was, and I don't know if you remember this, Craig, in the beginning, we made a list of potential guests. Right. People you knew, people I knew, famous people. And to my shock, when I went down, I said, let me just rank, look at these based on gender. And Craig and I, by the way, know a lot of women in business, yeah. women leaders. That original list was like 75 to 80% men. Right. And I thought, wow, we have to be really intentional because <laughs> yeah. despite the fact that we have all sorts of relationships, somehow there was this default button in there that we were listing all these men. So I loved it. And I think it, it fed the richness of our conversations that we were typically talking about not only people of difference and different perspectives, but they were coming to us from a completely different perspective of life and business yeah. than Craig and I have ever experienced. And that just made it so luscious is the word that's coming to me. <laughs> that's, that's a good word for it. I, I will say kudos to you, Jeff. You did most of the curation. I'd say 95% of the guests came from your efforts to find the right people. And I, I really appreciate the, the breadth of discussions that we had and the depth. I mean, gosh, we had some people that got really vulnerable. We had people that really opened up, not just about their lives, but about the things that they were up to that were really transforming lives around them. Yeah, I would say partly from intention and just the way our natural curiosity brought it up, I, we were not skimming the surface. <laughs> no, you know, no. We were not skipping rocks across the top. We were throwing boulders in the middle of the pond. Absolutely. Uh, looking to create some ripples in our conversations and for the people who listen. Well, anybody that knows Jeff would know that you can't do that anyway. <laughs> Jeff's never going to let it go on the surface. So uh, that, that was actually a, a really enjoyable part of the discussions is just not hanging out on the surface. And we, we would get comments from the, our guests regularly. Oh my gosh, that was a totally different conversation than I had last week in this other podcast. And that was a great point because when we started this, one thing you and I talked about, Craig, was how scripted is it? Yeah, Do we right. have a set of questions? And I really love where we landed yeah. because we had a handful of questions that we would ask one or two of them for every guest. Those were our signature questions. And those were so fun. Mm -hmm. And, and, but other than those questions that every guest got one or two of those, there was only one other question was asked of every guest. And that was, give us a little bit of the backstory. Yep. It was the introduction question. We never had other questions. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you, some guests would send us lists <laughs> and they use these. We didn't. And it wasn't because they weren't good questions. We wanted to have this be a conversation where we, you know, we did what we called pulling the threads. 
see what comes out of it and just keep going with things. So sometimes we had people on that we thought we'd talk about one thing based on their book or their topic, and we ended up in a whole nother direction. And as you said, Craig, I felt really blessed. We had so many guests that were willing to be so vulnerable yeah. and share elements of their journey. I mean, it got real so often. Yeah, yes. But, you know, part of that comes down to the kinds of questions that we ask. And, and especially, I mean, you're, you're the master of the questions. But I think we're, we're both looking at it as we want to connect with people, not just hear them a little bit. We want to really dig in and understand them and be able to ask follow-up questions and so forth. And I, I would say that listening to the podcast might be a great way to learn how to have a conversation <laughs> because <laughs> it goes from high level to deep pretty quickly. Well, that's interesting you say that, Craig, because I don't have the details yet, but I, in the last month or so, I found out that I'm going to be, I think, on some sort of panel down here in Florida. It's something called PodFest. Oh, cool. Because I had submitted to speak there, but the topic is how to ask questions. <laughs> and to really be curiously intuitive. Yeah, fantastic. And how to have these conversations without a script. I think there's a lot of attachment to it. So this is not about podcasting. We both learned a lot about podcasting oh, in the yeah. last two years. Uh, what to do, what not to do. Uh, how to ask questions, how to set it up <laughs> to try and get some great, uh, more contained responses. <laughs> but I think I mean, right. that's just logistic. But I got to tell you, I, I remember probably every episode at some point, uh, my brain exploded. <laughs> you know, there was, a, or someone dropped a, what we called the wisdom bombs. Right. Uh, it just was, it blew my mind of the wisdom that was out there. Yes. And it wasn't about, X's and O's most of the time. It was about some insight or a perspective or the one, I, I don't remember how early on this was, Craig, but I remember one of the early wisdom bombs was um, Lee Chambers. Yeah. We, we were just talking about leadership and he says something like, well, I think it was almost a quote, after all, leadership is about being human. Yeah. And <laughs> right. I, <laughs> We're our, our heads, our, our eyes were like lit up, like, oh my God, we got hit in the face with a pie. And I said, Lee, have you ever said that before? He said, No, I don't think I have, but it feels really true. I go, No kidding, it's true. But just such that simple statement that has fed a lot of my thinking for the last two years. Just coming back to leadership's about being bringing more humanity to yourself and the people around you. That's simple. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it came, comes from the, even the younger generation. Remember when we were talking with Joe Schmuchny and he talked about what his son said about who would be that role model, who he was following. And his son said, well, you, dad, he's like, you are the epitome of the kind of person that you want others to be as a leader. And we were like, oh my gosh, that's, that's one of these brain frying moments. That is such a great example of how we just let the flow happen. Because I remember, Joe, also, we did a segment about rituals. Oh, yeah. For him, the ritual he created with his son, because he's big on rituals. Um, and so many people that, you know, when you ask those curious conversations and you let the flow happen and you're willing to be vulnerable as the podcasters as well, people just opened up and shared stories of their lives, shared stories of trauma, of challenges in their lives and not just how they got over, how they overcame it, not like just out of the cookie cutter, but just how it got raw. I mean, I think it was Michelle Villalobos who was saying in her journey, she had to be willing to feel the pain. Yeah. 
And she went to a very low spot in her life, but she was willing to feel the pain that allowed her to start doing the work to get out of that. And here we are talking about, she talks about being a superstar (laughs) that people think is about all this bells and whistles. No, it's about getting real with yourself and doing the work. Absolutely. Well, I think one of the things that I find really interesting about our podcasting journey is we started right before COVID hit. During the process, we had Black Lives Matters. We had the Me Too movement. And so we, we were engaged with these big social shifts as we were going through here and getting perspective from different people coming into this. So I didn't really know much about diversity and inclusion before this podcast. We learned a lot <laughs> from some of our guests intentionally. Absolutely. And, and that was part of our intention, too, is to bring those conversations to the table, even though in many ways they're the ones that people are trying to avoid these conversations. In fact, I remember you and I did an episode talking about our whiteness. Right. Two yeah. white guys talking about what we're learning and need to learn and becoming more aware and more open. And so much of this was nuances. And that's you know one of my big takeaways is so much of leader, this topic of leadership and people development is so nuanced. Mm. There's not a lot of giant brand new ideas, but what's that nuance and what's a way to actually do it as opposed <laughs> to just talk about it? Right. Yeah, it's so important that we we actually engage. And part of the challenge that we had from, from some of our friends like Justin Jones Fosu, he said, who are the people that you hang around with? How, how are you showing your diversity of an inclusion with the people that you hang out with, not just the people that you happen to work with, but when you're taking a trip or if you're hanging out with friends, how diverse is that group of people? And he talked about how he was intentional. Every six months, he would focus on a different people group and really engage with them and try to learn what their perspective is. What an amazing perspective on that. Yeah, I remember feeling how challenging that (laughs) felt, this idea that he was very intentionally going to interact with groups of people that were different than him. And in some cases, very diametrically opposed philosophically, just to seek to understand, right? Just for the, and he was very back to that word intentional about it. And so many people we talked to as guests, whether they use the word or not, were describing some form of intentionality in their leadership, not just planning, but in an almost an emotional intentionality. But that's what made them such interesting guests, but also leaders in their fields. Well, I mean, I have to tell you that one of the most memorable stories for me was we had Walt Rakowicz mm. on and we ended up doing two episodes because oh, yeah. Walt just had so much to share. And he, and he had had a new book come out. I think he was actually back in 2020. And he was telling this story about when he was the CEO of a large Fortune 500 company that was basically out of the Fortune 500 on the brink of bankruptcy. And he's told at a late night meeting that he's got a few weeks to come up with, what was it, $600 million or something? (laughs) Or they were bankrupt. And he was, he panicked. He admitted he panicked and started to pass out and left the room to get collect himself and was trying to get back to his office. Didn't make it, passed out, hit his head on the table, knocked himself out. (laughs) Wakes up, bloody, comes back to the room and says, now what? But comes back to the room and looks everybody in the eye and says, I have no idea how to solve this. 
but together I know we can. Wow. That is so powerful. That was the thing he didn't want to say that it terrified him to say it. So it wasn't that he was fearless or courageous in the moment. He was terrified, but he made that decision to be vulnerable to say, I don't know the answer, but we can figure this out together. And such a great point in leadership. He said that that was a point where the, the whole team turned around too, because once they saw him as vulnerable, then they were able to express themselves in similar ways and could get to the reality of what was really going on rather than playing politics. Because when we play politics, we put so many barriers in the way and we, we try to be superficial versus just being real. And the more real we are, the more other people are going to connect with us, trust us, and want to work with us. Yeah, and that's the piece that so many people, so many of our guests talked about. There were some common threads. We heard a lot about vulnerability uh, or some version of it. So many guests talked about vulnerability. So many guests talked about the, the, the need to grow ourselves, to work on ourselves. We had so many conversations. It felt like almost every episode, we had some version of a discussion about blind spots. <laughs> yes. Right. right. And, and the, the ways we need to be just willing to admit that we have blind spots and how do we help help understand them yeah. and navigate them? Because they're always in the way. They're just out there trying to trip us up. But that's one of the reasons that we have to have other people around us, because if we have blind spots, we, we don't know what we don't know. And so we have other people and we ask for their feedback. And when we show that we genuinely want their feedback, eventually they'll start offering it. And then we can start seeing where we're not serving them in the way that we need to, or that we're not doing certain things that we could be doing. Well, and speaking of blind spots, the one person who jumps out at this huge blind spot was Tommy Spaulding was talking about servant leadership. Right. And his comment was, you know, I think he, I think he said, you know, 90 to 95% of leaders think they're a servant leader. The problem is only 10% really are. So they're not waking up trying to be jerks, or I think his word was assholes. But he said, but the reality is they think they've already arrived. Right. And they're not asking the people around them. And that's so much came out of, are we willing to ask the people around us to give us their honest perspectives of ourselves and our leadership and what we're creating? And have we built enough trust that they will be honest? Absolutely. And then to really listen to that and take that as the truth. Because their perspective and their perspective of me is the only truth when it comes to my leadership. Mm, so true. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how when we go through the, the history of the, the podcast, it's not just about, you know, who were the guests and, and what did we learn there? But it was a growth process for both Jeff and me. I know I learned a lot from Jeff as well as the other guests, you know, whether it was the, the way he asked questions or his discussion or and perspective on presence. I mean, there's so many different things and what it ended up being was a masterclass. And then from that, I got the nuances. Each new person added a different flavor to the whole mix and it, it turned into a really good stew. <laughs> well, that's a great word. It was a masterclass. It is a masterclass on leadership and because and, leadership covers all those, you know, Leadership was the river that ran through every conversation, yeah. whether we were talking personal, team, institutional, sales and marketing. And I just, I mean, I, I, I felt so blessed to not only have those conversations, but for a lot of those people, some of those people we knew before, right? a lot of those people 
a good number of those people have become friends since mm-hmm. and are ongoing relationships, which I love. Yeah. You think like, what are you going to learn from this? Well, you're going to learn a lot, experience a lot, and you're going to make new friends. Mm-hmm. It's been a fantastic part of that. And I think part of that is the authenticity that we brought to the process. Yeah. To just, we're just, we're just literally, we are going to have a conversation as if we were sitting somewhere. We just happened to have a recording device here. But I think the, the underlying factor there is Jeff and I are curious. We really genuinely want to know about other people. We want to know their stories. We want to know what makes them tick and, and how they see different things. And we didn't agree with everybody that came on this podcast, but we listened and we tried to understand their perspective. And that has definitely changed who I am. Well, I think that's such a vital part is the, that mix of the curiosity and it, there was, I mean, there were people that, I mean, I just didn't agree with, but we had those conversations and yeah. we would push them and they would push back and you know, we bump up against each other just to explore it. It wasn't about, let's determine who's right or wrong here, <laughs> but how right. do you see this? And you can, I can learn something by the way you see it. Maybe you can learn from the way I see it. One of the things I so enjoyed about our conversations was not just the range of the discussion or the depth, those are really significant, but the excitement that I experienced of the people's passion for whatever they <laughs> yes. did. You know, we had, you know, I, I, the person who really jumps out to me about passion was Sebastian. Oh, love Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> right. He, he was just bringing it because he yep. really believed in his topic about helping people to find more joy in their life and to tap into that power within them. And it was really authentic. You know, some people say, oh, it's a bunch of rah-rah. No, no. Like if you met Sebastian, you would just, it just exudes out of him. It's like taking a shot of some yeah. sort of like B12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's pure energy and pure joy, both mixed yeah. together. And he has, he, you know, it's presence, it's, it's gravitas in a way, but it's just that genuine joy that comes out. And it's, I've, I've talked with him many times since our podcast episode, and he's just a genuinely joyful man. Well, I think, I think it would be fun to talk about a couple of guests that stand out. I mean, we had so many great guests, but there were some that were just, whether it's a whole interview or something they said. And I remember very early on in the first couple of weeks, we had Larry English with us, hmm. one of the founders of Center Consulting. And I, rem- I remember it so vividly because, you know, we had asked the question about his background. And I knew we'd build up to it. And I knew their company had a great culture. I knew people that worked there. But I think the first question I asked after his background was, so Larry, is there a secret sauce? (laughs) I had no idea. I expected, frankly, he would say, no, not really. But he said, no, there is a secret sauce. And there's two pieces. That number one is everyone starting with me, the leaders starting with me have to model vulnerability. Hmm. Because vulnerability is the shortcut to trust. In fact, it's the only shortcut to trust. That was one of those, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing I remember about Larry is he said the second part of the secret sauce is they invite their people to bring their personal lives to work. Wow. As they're sort of like you come to the office and you throw your bag in the bin, your personal life, pick it up when you leave. (laughs) But that's, they not only accept, and by the way, the cool thing is their company centric been around 20 years. It's been remote from the beginning, yeah. which is fascinating because here we are in a largely remote world today. People are struggling with how do we do remote? How do we do hybrid? 
And yet here's a company after 20 years has built an incredible people-centric culture, all being remote, never having an office. So why can't we get it right if they got it right for 20 years? <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes we would get in to a session to record and Jeff had brought somebody in and I'm like, why is this person here? And then we start talking and it's like, oh, that's why. One that blew my mind was Corey Jenke. Now, Corey is a pharmacist and yet he had a, a blog, a, a, a series on leadership that he had so many great insights. And it just goes to show you just don't know where those nuggets of wisdom are going to be coming from. We cannot prejudge people. Time and again, I would get into an episode and be thinking we were going to go one way and it just totally changed, which is the beauty of a good conversation. <laughs> and another one that, that really stood out to me was when Ricky Schwartz was talking about performance reviews and the, the personal improvement plans and how personal improvement plans don't do anything for anybody. All it does is sets that person apart. Instead, why don't we focus on improving everybody and the people that are already doing well, if we can get a little bit of a bump on them, it's going to make a much bigger improvement than the people who are doing the worst in the company, because they're probably on their way out anyway. When I think about unexpected, a person that comes to mind is Karen Weinstock. Oh, yeah. Karen is an a law, entrepreneurial lawyer, super creative, does immigration work, build a great firm, has an, a business she's founding, spinning it off. But we end up talking a ton of time about dating because <laughs> right. we found out that Karen had written a book. I was looking it up. It's called Matched on Dating. And I had actually read the book before, or I can't remember if I read it before or after. Because I was fascinated. I was really curious, what kind of book on dating is a lawyer going to write? <laughs> and it was so deep. I mean, it was not, once again, it was not skimming across the surface. It was like submarines taking this deep dive into life, into leadership, into relationships. That was just such a treat to have this conversation about dating and building relationships from this incredible immigration lawyer. Certainly towards the end, as, as we were talking to various people, we had Michele Grelia, uh, episodes 140 and 141, and he talked about his ultra running experiences and how he, he went from being a, a top model to almost committing suicide and realizing that, hey, there's a life here. I can create the life that I want. And he became the ultra runner. And that episode actually had a big impact on my sister because she was thinking about what could she do to really change. And she has now read multiple books on ultra running and running and has really gotten back into that as a way to improve herself. So it's gone beyond, you know, just impacting Jeff and me, but also our families. Well, and it's fascinating how I, I can leave a conversation and come away with, in one case, a question. Yeah. A guest who <laughs> has a question they use regularly in their work, uh, we had Nicole Bianchi with us, and Nicole was, um, I actually can't remember when she was, kind of in the middle of our season, and she speaks a lot about bravery and bravery and leadership. This question that she asked her clients and herself, which really hit me hard, was, what's the bravest thing I did today? And I started thinking about a lot of days, I started saying, I don't think I did think anything was very brave today. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was not only this recognition where I wasn't being brave, but an invitation to more bravery just by questions. And as Craig said, I love questions. I love the intuition of questions. But when you find a great question, and that's a truly great question yeah. in my mind, what's the bravest thing you did today? And if you ask that and answer it every day, think about how, more, how much more brave you will be every day. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Welcome back. So many good insights across so many different topics that, that we've covered, learning about sales and learning how different people deal with the relationships or manage relationships in the sales process, as well as how that translates into our personal relationships of, of our marriages and our children. And really, as we got into understanding leadership, we realized that everything that we learn in, in the approach of leadership applies to our home lives as well. That it, it helps us because it comes down to trust and vulnerability. And when we do that with our spouses, our children, that has a huge impact. Well, in particular, you know, we've talked a little bit already, Craig, about the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging yeah. topic. And so many guests talk about it, <laughs> offer their perspectives, offer some of their solutions. I don't even remember how many, probably at least 10 or 15%, maybe even higher of our guests talked about diversity, equity, inclusion. Right. Uh, at Etienne talked about this concept of belonging and gave us a great explanation that really, I mean, I knew the phrases, but really helped me to understand what, what is diversity? What is equity? <clears throat> what is inclusion and what is belonging and how they're different? Well, I think she used an analogy of inclusion is inviting you to the party and belonging is feeling like you are supposed to be at the party. Right. And you're not just there because you had to be there. You're genuinely wanted at the party. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because we had so many guests that we didn't know that was going to come up. I remember <laughs> we were talking to uh, Dina Labriola, who's mm. a business lawyer, a lawyer for entrepreneurs that we both know well. She's the one who introduced us many years ago. Yep. And she was talking about some of the DEI initiatives at her old law firm. Oh, yeah. And how she brought that to the table and what it took to get people's attention to listen to it. Because we were having this discussion about is it about the business case? Is it about the right thing to do? And it was interesting to see that sometimes we need to, it's like in sales too, right? We got to focus on what's the business case, right? In order to create some change in our organizations. Even though we might say out as an outsider, well, it's just the right thing to do. <laughs> but some, sometimes that doesn't fly. People, some different people look at things different ways. You know, your, your CFO may look at it from a purely financial perspective. 
your HR person may see it from a non-financial perspective, right? And we need to have that, that blend. But when we can talk both languages, that really helps. So one of the things that we got, you know, as we went into this, we started thinking about what really is leadership and what is it that happens when somebody comes into the company and just started talking about, hey, hey, we need to have this sign that's in the front of every business. It just says no humans allowed. You know, don't bring your humanity in here. Yeah, if we're going to be honest, why don't we just put a sign out there instead of letting people find out once they get there? Yeah, Just right. put the sign on the door, right? Yep. But it also comes down to we, when we have core values. I think one of the, our very first guest was David Akers, and he just knocked it out of the park when it comes to managing the whole core values thing, because he has this, this way of dealing with that that is so unique. He's, he has jars set up and he has poker chips that are printed that have each of the six core values on them. And every time somebody is caught performing that core value, they get a chip and they can turn those chips in for prizes and other things. But it also keeps the focus on what the core values are in the organization. So one of the interesting things was when, when we had Berta. Um, Berta Medina on, she was talking, she is a, an adventure coach. Now, anytime you use the word adventure, I'm all in, but she was talking about how she uses adventure to get people out of their comfort zones and push them to new levels of achievement. And I absolutely loved how she approached that. Well, and one person that jumps out at mine in terms of, I keep thinking about Nicole and bravery. Um, our guest was Elise Archer. Hmm. And Elise is a world-class salesperson, sales trainer. And so I thought, we're going to talk about sales. <laughs> and we did talk about sales, but we ended up talking so much about her experience in sales and in business as a woman. Right. And the things she'd experienced um, of the way she was treated by men, the way she was um, sexualized by men, and how there was a real difference for her of what it meant for her to go out networking and to have those experiences mm -hmm. that you and I, Craig, aren't, aren't having. No, and that was such a great example of that conversation going a different direction, our guests being willing to really share vulnerably and authentically what their journey has been like. Mm -hmm. and, and talking about sort of what that feeds in terms of self-doubt and questions. And I will say this, we had so many guests and I'm glad it happened that talked about those inside elements of leadership. What's going on in our head? What are the beliefs we have about ourselves? What are the beliefs we have about our value, mm -hmm. about our self-worth? And how so many people, their leadership shows up that way, their work as a coach or a trainer shows up that way to help people move out of those stories at a really deep level versus just giving someone the next set of tips and tools, you know, tips and tools in the toolbox. Right. It really does come down to our, our perspective, what you know, many people would call mindset, but it's, it's being intentional about who we are. You know, are we going to, in certain cases, allow you know, abuses to happen to us? Do we respect ourselves enough to get out of that situation? Whether it's people berating us at, at work or whether it's personal relationships, things like that, we want to make sure that we are in that right place. And likewise, where you were talking about Elise and her story, that really hit home for me as well. 
with you know two sisters and my wife and now daughter-in-law. It's a matter of I need to understand what they have probably gone through that I would never experience in my life. And it was so powerful to see it from another person's point of view like that. And the last thing I'll share, Craig, and there are so many people that talked about it. A lot of our guests talked about, I'm going to just use the word trauma in their life. Mm, yes. Extremely difficult experiences from a young age, whether it was um, some of them were sexual assault situations. Some of them were um, uh, di extremely difficult financial situations. Some of them had family members who were, you know, killers uh, in prison. Right. And, but what I took from that is I don't remember a guest who talked about those challenges saying, I just put it behind me and I just pressed in and I was, I had grit and persistence. Right. Everyone that I remember talked about needing to sort of turn and face and deal with those in a healthy way to actually work through a process with those as opposed to just saying, well, that's just something that happened to me. I overcame. And I think so often our culture is telling people, forget about the past. It's dragging you down. But most of our guests were sharing, you know, I'm, I'm better. I'm different. I am who I am because of those experiences. But I had to actually address them, deal with them, in some people's language, heal them in order to accomplish and become who I am today. You referenced Michelle Villalobos before, and she really talked about people almost have to go through that, that trauma in order to come out the other side and really have the, strong, the strength and the growth that they would have not been able to achieve otherwise. I have to say, Craig, that so many of the people that we had at guest, and maybe we just naturally attract these people, it was a theme that the people we had as guests were impact creators and impact mm. seekers. Good point. It wasn't so much about achievement and results. It was about impact. It was impact through their business. It was impact outside their business. A lot of them were talking about the impact they had on their, on their team. I think it was, was Mark Peters who was the CEO yeah. of Butterball was saying that Butterball Farms. he took over Butterfall, Butterfall Farms. He took over the business at a young age when his father died young. He had no idea what he was doing, but he said, we're going to change our mission. Our mission is to enrich people's lives and, and started living that mission. And, you know, the other person who just jumps into my mind is David Baldwin, oh, yeah. who runs a, a, a marketing agency. He's brilliant. <laughs> He's world-class. He's been at some of the largest agencies in the world, award winner. And yet, what's the thing he loved talking about? How their organization is making a difference. He's part owner of a brewery that's committed to causes and impact causes. He helped start um, an organization called Take Your Seat about creating more board spots for people of difference. Hmm. So it's great to listen to people who are committed to impact, whether it's through their business, outside their business. It's just the essence of them. And if I could say anything to wrap this up, in terms of this, I learned that you can make an impact anywhere, any way, if you're committed and intentional. And I'm grateful to have met so many guests over this season who are doing just that every day, making a difference, making an impact. I think that's a great point, Jeff, because we talked about you can lead where you are, that it doesn't matter what your position is or you know, where you are in the organization, It'll, you can lead in any point. And for any of you who are just getting started, or maybe you feel like, you know, maybe you're not on the fast track for the high growth, 
the attitude and the persistence and the intentionality that you bring every day is something that other people notice. And when you lead with that, you will have an impact. Stay curious, engage with the people around you, be vulnerable when you need to, and most of all, lead on. Great way to close the conversation, Craig. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.